Welcome to episode 9 of the Fire the Family podcast. Uh, This is actually going to be season 2. Initially when starting the podcast, I wanted it to be an accessibility feature for the website firethefamily.com where instead of just reading the blog, uh, blog posts, uh, listeners or uh, readers could go on and just, you know, push play and listen to the blog post itself. Um, but I realized I wasn't doing a great job of ac- accurately, you know, providing the value that I was providing in the content. So uh, the, the podcast from now is just going to be, it's kind of its own beast and you can find it on the website, firethefamily.com and the link to it. And uh, we're just going to kind of go our own route here on the podcast, which I'm super excited about because um, I am super busy. I am a dad of three boys. I've been married for almost nine years, uh, about three weeks. I've been married for nine years. And we've got a couple animals. We've got some chickens. We've got full-time jobs. We've got a house to tend to. We've got tons of things going on. Um, as And of course, I'm trying to post as much content to the website as possible to help um, my readers out and so trying to be able to figure out how I can do everything uh, just myself right so for me it's evening time I'm sitting here having a, a nice beer I am into IPAs and you know um, craft beer and so I can sit here and you know relax watch the football game and uh, you know craft a podcast episode for you so that's the goal and that's what we're gonna do so tonight we're gonna actually talk about something really um, near and dear to my heart and something that I haven't spoken about for to anybody other than my wife and some of my close friends. Uh, I once had a YouTube channel and I had about 8,000 subscribers and over 3 million views. I was really good at getting views and my view to subscriber ratio was extremely high. Uh, I was averaging in the peak about 100,000, 150,000 page views per month and um, I deleted it. That sounds crazy, and most people, when I say it like that, I say it like that on purpose, because most people are like, why would you do that? You know how much work it took me to get to 3 million views and and 8,000 subscribers? Uh, A lot of work. It took me about a year and a half, almost two years, of just straight work, creating content prolifically. Uh, I was creating a video almost every day. I had over 500 videos on my YouTube channel. And what I come to realize now, now that I, you know, I've have you know, been able to look at it from from the future and look backwards, what I realized is I was really good at SEO or search engine optimization and I I wasn't the biggest personality that I think everyone wanted to subscribe to. And that was kind of my downfall. And the niche that it was in was one that I wasn't wanting to continue on the rest of my life. Uh, working on and that was the uh, video game niche and I was actually one of the first few to start making videos um, of iPhone games popular iPhone games and we'll get into that in a little bit Um, but kind of how I got started with that Um, and you know it was one of those things that um, my workplace found out about it and not that I was embarrassed, uh, I was actually very proud of my YouTube website, but what had happened was this, that a lot of the, my coworkers were, you know, sitting on it during work time and, and watching some of my old videos and 
uh, the buzz was kind of starting to build. And so I, I was like, man, I got to make this thing private. I don't want this to interfere with my career. And I just don't want to be, I don't want the attention. I'm not a big attention seeker. Um, I don't want that any, any, I don't want people coming to my office and making a big deal about it. Right. So, um, and I had only been working there for like four months. And so I was really wanted to make a good impression. And that wasn't the impression I wanted to make. So that was kind of my big fear. Right. I don't remember how the word got out, but it was like, Nick's got a YouTube channel and uh, they found it. So uh, it was called Gaming with Nick. And uh, like I said, I played mostly iPhone games and then I started to pivot into computer and console uh, video games. And so I, d I, went, I made it private. And what I'd realized is that it didn't work for some reason. It didn't make all my videos private. And I was at the point, I was just kind of frustrated and I wasn't making videos anymore. I had stopped. It had been done for like six months. I hadn't made a video for over six months at the time. And so I was like, you know what? It, the, the channel at this point is only making, you know, about 20, 30 bucks a month on PayPal, you know, from AdSense. And it was like, I'm never going to do this again. I don't even have the computer anymore, the gaming computer, and I don't have the software. So I was like, you know, let's just delete it. Let's just get, get rid of it. And what I really wish I would have done was, was just go through and maybe delete all the videos from it, but keep the channel itself and try to pivot that audience into, um, what I'm doing now. But you know what? Life's a journey and we take our bumps and we move on. So, uh, knowing that I had built an audience on something like YouTube, which is extremely difficult, time consuming and requires a lot of patience and, and, um, persistence, I knew I could do it again, and that's what we're doing here with FireTheFamily.com, and it's something that I'm extremely proud to do, and something that I, I really want to, to be what I work on for um, the long term, and I, I feel like this is, if I, have to, if I could find one place or one topic where I can bring a lot of value, it's talking about my family, our finances, and our, our successes, our failures, and go the call going to college after the military and i just i have so much to talk about within that realm and i think that while that niches down extremely far um you know basically talking to veterans with families that want to go back to school and retire early or, or become financially independent so um, that's not necessarily my exact target audience but those are my experiences those are the things that i'm uh, you know, I can speak to knowledgeably and, and be the, be that expert. Right. So, um, I've, I've earned three degrees. I have an AAS in uh, aviation maintenance technology from the air force. And that was basically, um, the degree that the technical degree that I got for, um, learning how to work on airplanes as a maintainer, as a mechanic on the flight line. And that required some additional, uh, college classes. And then I earned a bachelor's in science in plant biology uh, with a focus on viticulture and enology, which is grape growing and winemaking. And then I earned my master's in business administration uh, MBA uh, just about five months ago. So that's been my educational journey. And, you know, not a lot of people have done that, especially after joining the military. And not a lot of people have... Uh, built a YouTube channel with over 3 million views. So I want to stay, I want to stay focused on that. So, um, for this, for this episode, but just to kind of give you an idea of why I moved into what I was, what I moved into and why I left that behind and to give you some context around, um, my thought process and, and you know, why those, why that happened anyway. So how did I get 3 million views in a year and a half? Um, what I did was I downloaded some, um, well, first I started making videos that didn't get any views. 
And I was like, this sucks. I'm no good at it. I sound terrible on the computer and video and I don't want to do it anymore. But I just, you know, I told myself, hey, I'm going to do this for one year. And I'm, I was currently going to school for my undergraduate degree, my bachelor's. And I was like, I got nothing else to do. I'm working I'm going to school and I've, you know, I'm, I want to have this, this hobby. And my kids were still really little. And so, you know, I made that my hobby after, after I got all my work done. And so I just kept going and going and going. The videos got better and they got better, more entertaining. My, I, I was able to get some software that I could edit with. And I just learned, just learned how to do all this stuff and edit the videos and uh, make the thumbnails. And, and what I found was that uh, to get views, that YouTube is essentially a search engine, that it requires you to uh, you know, help it index your videos. And so just like Google Google search, um, YouTube wants to show people exactly what they're looking for. It wants to give them their answer. And so when people go to YouTube and they search, you know, uh, game review of game XYZ, they want to see a review of game XYZ. And so then I'd make the videos for that. And then I would use the titles, tags, and keywords to go in and say, hey, you know, how can I make this title to be attractive to people looking for specifically for this? How can I make the description attractive for people looking for exactly for this and then how can I um, use the tags in a way that would help you YouTube index this and show it to people looking exactly for this and so then I started doing that my views started increasing it started getting you know um, I started getting a lot of momentum I was building some confidence so the videos I was making I was coming through my videos and it was just you know it was just getting better and better and, and there's a lot of momentum building up and I was still posting a video like at this point probably every other day every third day and then maybe once once or twice on the weekends and then I, I found out about this plugin called VidIQ. That's V-I-D-I-Q, all one word. It's a Chrome extension. It's completely free. Don't ever pay for anything to get traffic or, or anything like that because it doesn't work. Um, and VidIQ allowed me to go to a YouTube video and see exactly how they used their titles, tags, and keywords. And then it would show me what they ranked for uh, on their keywords. And that was so powerful for me because I'm... I'm really good at reverse engineering um, ideas. And so I would look at the video of somebody in the same niche as me, like like iPhone gaming or video gaming in general, and I'd see how they would use their tags and how they would rank for their tags. And then I'd go follow that tag and search for the tag and see the results and everything. And it just all started making a lot of sense to me. And so I was like, in my mind, I was like, I can't, I can't be trying to use hashtags for... Um, for cell phone game or iPhone game because that's so competitive and it's such a short tail like competitive keyword that I'm never going to I can't compete with these guys because what the reason why they're able to rank for is because they have so many subscribers that watch their newest video that that helps them you know bump up in the ranking for those terms so I got to start small and so I, I learned what long tail keywords were by basically going in and saying look I can rank for this term with four words in it it might be like you know um best new iPhone game 2017 or it might be Pokemon Go um, and two words after that you know that have to do with the Pokemon Go game like playing Pokemon Go in the park or um, how to fix this issue in Pokemon Go and those were when my you know YouTube channel just took off it was when I started ranking for those and I was like look it's not that I'm a it's not that you know, these people are attractive. It's not that these people are entertaining. They're getting views because they know how they know SEO. And I learned SEO by doing that. And I had already learned about it in the past from other projects and some drop shipping, a drop shipping company that I ran for a while and some other stuff that I had done, some other, some other little businesses that I ran on the internet. 
but I didn't realize that that's what YouTube was going after for a while and about four or five months into my YouTube channel. And so once that started happening and it all started really making sense to me, I started being able to like make, you know, I'd make five or six videos on um, those long tail keywords, like with no competition. And then my videos would do well. They'd do like 500 to 1,000 views, maybe two or 3,000 views. And then I would try to make a video with a, like a better keywords that were more volume, but more competition as well and just test the water so i'd make two or three videos on those and see how i did and what i had found was that i was starting to be able to rank for more popular games and then being the first one to make videos on a brand new game um, having itunes accounts in other countries that get games sooner i was able to like put content out before anybody else so for me it was speed execution and seo and then, you know, I would get some, I'd, I'd get videos that have 10, 20, 30, 50, 100,000 views. And that would drive my subscriber count naturally because you're going to find people that you have stuff in common with. Even if you're the most boring person on the planet, there's going to be people that you have something in common with. And so what I found was that like I was scraping some subscribers off of every video. And then I got into live streaming and it was just a blast. I was having a great time, but I was really stressed out um, because school was really difficult for me. It was a hard science degree. I had to do chemistry and organic chemistry and Oh man, and plus I had kids. I had a, I had a like a four-year-old at the time and like a newborn while I was going to school, and it was just obnoxious. And so it was just so much for me. But I just I loved the hobby. I loved connecting with these people. I stayed up one night helping this kid with his with his own chemistry homework, and he was in like tenth grade. And it just was really really good a good outlet for me. So uh, long story short, is we kept going. You know, I kept making videos, and then I don't remember exactly why. I think I graduated school, and I was just kind of burned out. And I remember being extremely burned out and just needing to take a break. And so I did that and then I just didn't really go back to it. I started working full time was the big thing and really trying to make a career out of this. I got into sales um, and, you know, uh, in, a, in the software company. And I really, you know, saw that there was a path for me to really excel and move up. And so that was where all my focus went. Obviously, I had kids and stuff. And so I wasn't making enough money to actually like um, support my family off of it on YouTube because they don't pay you hardly anything um, AdSense wise. And I don't know if it's if I can discuss it after the fact, but I was making like 250 bucks, 200, 250 bucks a month. Uh, in the prime, I think I had one month where I made over 500, but it wasn't anything that was super sustainable. It was really, you know, up and down. And then um, uh, I had a lot of products sent to me, so I was like getting. I got a router sent to me, and like like 50 or 100 bucks in, in addition to make a video on it and review it. I got games sent to me with like endless amounts of in-game currency, um, all that kind of stuff. And so um, I had a bunch of prod products and stuff to to test out. And, and that was all well and good while I was going to school, but it just it wasn't something I could keep up with um, after school. And what I've learned now is that Google AdSense will pay you a lot more per thousand views because that's how they usually that stuff's measured is is um, your cost per milli, which is like how much you make per thousand views. And Google Organic Search is like a two dollars to four dollars per per thousand views, and that's pretty well known. Um, Around, around the community and then YouTube was like way less. I used to say it was like a dollar per thousand but it was probably like 60, 70 cents at the end of the day um, if I look back at all my views and what I actually made off of it. Um, and then of course you're supposed to report that for taxes and everything so you're making like 30, 40, 20, 30, 40 cents per thousand views. So um, you're better off having an asset, in my opinion, having an asset on the internet like a website and then making videos 
um, on YouTube and using Twitter and now TikTok and um, LinkedIn and all these other platforms to support traffic to your web website. While you'll make money off of YouTube as well, you're gonna make the most off of having like a web asset, like uh, like a blog or website. And people are gonna say blogging is dead. The reason people say that is because personal blogs are basically dead. Nobody wants to go online and just read about your life history. Nobody, you know, most people aren't that interesting. And what happens is a long, you know, long-winded single paragraph post that's like 400 words about a story of your life. And that's not going to get any traffic. It doesn't work with SEO. So yeah, in that sense, blogging is dead. But what people don't realize is every website that has information on it is technically a blog. 2019, 2020 blogs are so different than they were 10 years ago that it's a, it's a blog. It's a website that you post content and that content ranks and that gets you traffic. That traffic views the ads and the ads pay you. And that's how it works. And so you can make money off of AdSense. You can make money off of affiliate marketing, which is like referring people to Amazon or other products. And you get a commission off of anything they buy. And then there's um, any sort of info product. So if you make like um, uh, an ebook and you sell it for five bucks, that's an info product. So um, way more ways to make money off of your own web asset and then using YouTube and those other ones to uh, drive traffic that way. Um, but this isn't a, an episode on, on internet marketing, but, um, but that's that. Uh, so yeah, so the website or the YouTube video, um, or YouTube channel, over 500 views. You know how much, that was so much work. Like now that I think about it and super proud of it. And it was just a, one of the best projects I've ever worked on in my entire life. Um, and I, I'm so thankful for it, but, um, that is the story of, of why I deleted it really. And why, what, you know, created this cool thing with all these people. And, um, it was just, the, it was just a great experience. Um, and I learned a lot and, um, it's really helped me in, in other endeav endeavors, especially like this one. And, and, um, my sincere hope is that I can just continue to provide value to my community and build that community of of young people that may not know what they want to do with their future. They may not know if they want to go to college. They may not know if they want to go in the military. They may not know if they want to get married at a young age, at an older age, or if they ever want to have kids. Um, they may not know anything because I didn't when I was 17, 18 years old. I didn't know anything. I knew, knew absolutely zero. But what I did know was that I wanted to get married eventually well, get married to my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. I knew that in my heart of hearts. I knew that I wanted to get married to her. And I knew that we wanted to have children someday. Didn't know when, but we knew that was going to happen. And then I knew I wanted to get an MBA. <laughs> I don't know why, but I knew that that's what I wanted because 17, 18 year old Nick thought that was like, I made it and I can do anything I want. That was my like pinnacle thing. And if anyone knows me, I was one of the last people that anyone ever expected to go get a college degree, let alone end up with three degrees. My wife doesn't count the first degree because I earned it in the Air Force, but it still counts. Um, so for me, those are the three things that I knew that I wanted out of my life. So when I think about, when I thought about it, how can I make these happen? How, how, can, I, how can I be the person that Kayla, my wife, wants to marry? That's 18 years old. I have no money. I got nothing, right? Like I had no nothing. I was living with my sister and I was, I was riding out a baseball scholarship. Didn't have a job. I was playing baseball and going to community college. But what I found was, hey, if I join the military, I'll have money. I'll have a career. I'll have educational benefits. I'll be somebody that she wants to marry because I'm going to take her away from the town that we live in. And we both wanted that. 
And so when I made that decision and talked to the recruiter and went through those, you know, those hoops, took the test, the ASVAB and everything, that was like my mindset. So when I had asked her, I was like, hey, what if we, what if we went in the military? What if I joined the military and, and we went at wherever it took us? And she was like, in, like, let's do it. And so for me, it was like, that was, that was how I achieved those, got to those goals. That was the quickest way to it. And that put me on a path to where we are today, where I look back and I'm just blown away, absolutely blown away by what we've done in nine years um, with the three boys, uh, with the house, with between the two of us, four college degrees. She's going to start her master's in the spring, get her master's in education. And we both work full time. She's a kindergarten teacher. I'm an account manager at a software as a service company, um, SaaS in the SaaS industry. I've received two promotions in the last year just because of effort and making those connections at work. Um, going from a BDR, business development rep, to an inside sales to account manager. I'm just so extremely grateful for that decision I made when I was 18. And now while that might not be the decision that everybody makes or should make, um, it's one that I think is completely undervalued in society. And rather than pushing your young person to a college, probably out of state, possibly private, and going dollars $300,000 in debt for the majority of degrees that you, you'll never pay that back, um, I don't, I don't see where that is more, more of an intelligent decision than something like serving your country where they're going to pay you for a job that they're going to give you. They're going to give you educational benefits while you're in. They're going to pay you to go to college when you get out. I got paid when I went to college. They paid for my tuition and they paid me 1200 bucks a month to go to, to go to college. Ridiculous. I went to college for four years and my undergraduate degree got paid the entire time, but still got financial aid. Went and got my master's degree, got paid the entire time, which was a year, 15 months. It was a year and a, almost a year and a half. Paid the entire time. So I went six years in school, well, almost six years in school, got paid the entire time. Where in the world are you going to find a benefit like that for giving five years? Well, I gave five years. Minimum is three years. You only have to have like 36 months in service or something like that. I don't remember the exact qualification, to get that benefit, educational benefit, but it's ridiculous. It's unreal. So it's something that I think I need to talk more about and provide that to people that may have young, young people in their family or in their lives to say, hey, like this is this guy's story and this is what it did for him. While it might not be perfect for you, you need to know about it. You need to know that this exists because it might not be around forever and it, it is hands down the best experience I've ever had in my entire life. So I got on a tangent there, uh, kind of got away from the whole YouTube talk, but um, it's powerful stuff and I'm excited to tell you about it. If you want to learn more about me, about just learning and education, most of the posts on my, on my website, firethefamily.com, that's F-I-R-E, the family.com, are educational in nature. They're almost no opinion in most of them. It's mostly about um, different index funds, different ways to invest, different ways to save money, different ways to budget, different ways to um, handle things within your marriage or your family. I try to weave my story into that sometimes um, in specific posts, but I try, to, I try to keep the educational posts completely factual and educational. Um, and then I have specific posts that are about my family and my experience and me going to college and what I learned um, along the way and how, how I think is you know, how you can get the most value out of the first 10 years of your 20s to 30s. And it's just, it's, a, it's unreal. So I'm hoping to help. I just want to provide as much of that value as possible to you. So if you have questions, 
ask. Find me on Twitter at fire the family, at fire the family, um, and I, I, I'm there. I'll answer them for you. I'll connect. Like this is uh, this is my this is my passion hobby, right? So I have a full time job. I'm not gonna try to make a killing. Not try to make money off of my community. Um, but what I do want is to provide you the most value and hope that I can help somebody um, with their life and uh, with some of the things that maybe I've gone through that I can help you with. So uh, thank you so much for listening and um, look forward to episode two. Um, I'm going to try to pump these out uh, regularly, um, whether that's daily or a couple times a week. I haven't decided, uh, but stick with me. Um, we're learning. We're going we're gonna to make this thing great. So um, again, find me on Twitter at Fire the Family. Um, find me at my website, firethefamily.com, and I hope to see you there, and we'll catch you on the next episode.